0: God, we worship you. you. Father, we just thank you right now. You're just amazing. And we just thank you. We turn our heart to you. And we just ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We desire that our hearts be enlightened, not just our heads stimulated, but our hearts be enlightened, that you would literally touch us with truth in such a way that we would see and become. We just ask you for that grace in our lives. We thank You. If it's Your good pleasure to give us the kingdom, surely You'll illuminate our understanding and cause our lives to be and realize everything that You've done through Your Son, Jesus. Thanks for making us sons. Just thanks for being so awesome. Thank You, thank You, thank You for creating us in Your image. And thank You that You're a God of goodness, of mercy and grace. And we receive it today and thank You for it. We acknowledge You. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 You're so good, God. Okay. We're, uh, we've been just looking at the heart of love. Hey, good morning, buddy. We've been looking at the heart of love and, and what love is, what love isn't. And we've been still talking about it. I just thought we would be all week long and uh, probably for the rest of our lives. Because it's why we're on the planet, actually. I'm, you have no idea. I don't know if you know how serious I am about that. I mean, it is why we're alive to manifest the nature of God. It's, it's why we're alive. That's the priority reason. Everything else you do is in the light of that truth, or in the midst of that truth. I mean, you can still go out to eat and hang out with a friend and go bowling with a couple or do whatever, but you're doing it in that light and everybody you're in the contact with that pass by or touching, you know, it's just always love. You're not going to touch people wrong if that's where you're living from. You're going to sow good seeds and produce life, amen? You get thrown into complicated situations, you'll respond like Christ. I mean, Jesus needs to be in the midst of everything, doesn't he? And that's how he is when he is in your life. Really. So it's just a big deal to think that way family situations family gatherings uh, business meetings everything just carrying the nature of God with you and the heart of God so that you mark people with with who He is with His presence make sense? I I just really believe that's why the Spirit of God lives in us and uh, honestly when I look in the Word I can't see a whole lot of other reasons so uh, yeah it's to make us look like Him so I want you to see Matthew 5 it's very important it's been on my heart For a while, we just haven't got there yet because other things pop up. But It's amazing in Matthew 5, even Matthew 6, he he uses this phrase. He says, uh, you know, you have heard it said or you say, but I say. And some of it's referring to the language through the law and just what people have always heard. I mean, if you look, I have it circled everywhere. Uh, Matthew 5.22, let me just look here. Yeah, like Matthew 5.22, he starts with, but I say to you, because he says in verse 21, you have heard it said. And you look in verse 28, 27, you have heard it said. and Or you say, but I say to you. So he's changing the language. What Jesus is doing is he's changing the language. He's changing the way we're to think. He's bringing a whole new perspective. Do you understand what, what, what I'm trying to accomplish here with what I'm taking the time to say? He came and said, listen, you guys are used to thinking this way. But this is the way to think. You see what he's doing? And he does it over and over and over. Which means we were carrying a whole different language and mindset. Than truth, Because he's the truth, right? So it's pretty important if you and I believe and honor that he's the truth. And he's saying, you guys, you are saying, and you've heard it say, said, but I say. That probably should matter. (laughs) Okay? Because what he's saying is this is the truth of the matter. You seem to think this. The way that seems right says this. But this is the way it really is. So let's just jump in. I want you to really listen to this language. I don't know if I have to try to teach some of this out as much as that's just really listen to the heart of what he's saying. Good morning, buddy. Good to see you. Watch this. You have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Well, we grew up with that. Yes. Mess with me, I'm going to mess you up. That kind of stuff, you know. Man, you come out to get me, I'm going to get you. Well, if you do something to me, I'm going to do it back to you. Well, you should, Oh, I'm sorry. Verse uh, 38. Uh, 5.38. Matthew 5.38. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you. Man, that's important. But I tell you. you are the authority in what he's saying? I mean, he's like laying, but I tell you. As if it should matter. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I tell you. Not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. There, there's, there's allegories, analogies to a lot of stuff. You know, is he talking literally? You could sit and debate that all day. There's a heart in fighting back. It's called vengeance. It's called getting even. It's called don't mess with me, whatever. And, and there's a place where you overcome evil with good. There's a place where that's absent in your life I want, you, I want you to just see this watch this I'm not going to try to even teach much here if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic let them have your cloak as well whoever compels you to go one mile go with him too give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you do not turn away you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, that's what you heard. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those. This is big right here because this reveals the heart. Hi, Pam. Bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. Come on, that's intense. It's, there's a heart in this that you have to capture. And you have to be careful you don't just try to paint a bunch of scenarios. Well, what about... Well, how, well what about... Because that's what we tend to do sometimes with the Word. We'll, we'll be challenged by something like this and we'll say, yeah, but now you tell me, but well, what about if... Da, 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 and, and catch the heart of what he's saying. You have heard, verse 43, that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, and remember, you're not warring against flesh and blood. Right, right. So he's talking about people that are living, appearing to be your enemy, working against your your benefit, your betterment. People that seem to be going against the grain of productivity in your life, whatever. People just coming against you, right? So, but people aren't your enemy. You have to understand in the New Testament, New Covenant reality, you do not war against flesh and blood. Do you get that? Why? Because Jesus died for every man. Every man has the right to eternal life. Every man has the value of being a son and the created value of being a son and the opportunity to repent and be saved. True? Everybody. Don't forget that. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Or you'll curse and not bless. (laughs) You'll decide the value of people because of what they've done or haven't done and you'll boom, boom, boom. Hey, welcome. Good to see you. Now watch. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Look why that you may be sons of your father in heaven. Come on, this is it's more than a principle to follow. What he's saying is so that it's revealed that you're his son and you're just like daddy. That you can see your father in your responses. Oh my goodness, this is watch for He makes His sun rise on the evil. See, if we were God, we'd probably just let the sun rise on the Christians until the other people would just get a grip. (laughs) Sounds like a good idea, but then they'd only get a grip so that they would have the sun shine on them, not because they love God. You following? So God, in His goodness... Leads men to repentance. If he just let it rain on the yards of the saved, then the only reason people will repent is so they could get a little rain. God just says, let's just let it rain on everybody, and let's just trust that they'll see I'm good. See, he doesn't want to inspire you to him for what he can do for you, but for who he is. Does it make sense? So shouldn't the attraction of our life be who He is? Right? So that you too can be sons. It really means seen as. Because we know we're sons by faith through Jesus. But if you look at that, He's talking about your appearance to the world, your responses in life, the affectionness of your life to men. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Does he mean so you can affirm yourself as a son or so people see that? You get it? So that your life is a testimony and a witness of the heart of God. Let your light so shine before men. See, you hear me preach this stuff from the pulpit where anybody can have an attitude, anybody can stand in rightness, anybody can have issues. (laughs) You're not spiritual. to have those things going on. Anybody can do that, okay? it's just It doesn't make you spiritual. But who's willing to love and show mercy and make peace? Who's willing to look past the controversy and see the best and the value so that when you pray, you're actually praying from all the right places and your prayer leaves and goes higher than your ceiling? Because a lot of stuff we pray doesn't get much higher than the ceiling because of where it comes from sometimes. Like praying for people. Look at this. Praying for people that spitefully use you. You might be amazed how many prayers have seemingly gone up to God because of those things and where they came from, the prayers, the hurt, the self sorrow, the indignance towards the person spitefully using, God, would you straighten them up? How many times you'll find, they'll find psalms that just try to just whack the head of the enemy off, you know? Take them out, God, you know? God, if they're not going to change, then wreck them, you know? Da, 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 da. And it's only because people are hurt and we, you know, rarely. Rarely do you find people with the understanding that'll kneel in a bedroom and get quiet and pray and, and even weep and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. If they saw your goodness, they wouldn't live the way they're living towards me. If they really understood your heart and your nature and your, your reason for creating us, God, there's no way they could say what they just said. And I just thank you for protecting my heart and the truth of what you've revealed to me and I'm asking you to show them mercy. That's probably a rare Christian prayer in times of trial where people are involved. God, you need to show them how wrong they are. Why can't you illuminate them and straighten them out? That's that's what we do a lot. And it doesn't help your heart towards that person when you're praying that way. Then you'll just watch their life. So if it's Angelo, and we're trying to straighten him out in prayer, right? And... Yeah, because I mean, the guy wants a refund after today. So we're just, so God's trying to straighten him out, right? And and we're praying and we want him to... Look <laughs> at George, help me, God, help me, God. He's back here, help me. If you love me, <laughs> so <laughs> now watch this. Well, we'll use this guy. We'll use this guy. So if Billy, if we're trying to straighten Billy out in prayer. Now watch what the paradox is. You're over here trying to straighten Billy out in prayer. The next time you see Billy, guess what you're going to do? You're going to watch his life, kind of introspectively in a sense, you're going to watch his life detail-oriented and watch his life to see if God's answering your prayer. And you're going to look through that motive and you're going to notice every little quirk, everything that you disagree with, and that's going to continue to motivate you. And you're going to, the only way then you can see Billy is where you're praying from. Spouses do it all the time. I've learned this pastorally in counseling and stuff. Spouses pray for their spouse because they're hurt, they're agitated, they're irritated, they're frustrated. And then as they pray, they they watch their spouse and think, why isn't my prayer working? And they get more frustrated, more self-centered, and actually get their heart even further of a distance from their spouse and the ability to love them because they're so fixed on what's not changing. I've seen it hundreds of times. That motive thing right there going on in prayer and people while they're praying because it's prayer it makes them feel like they're contacting God and and right with God and being spiritual in the matter because hey I'm praying (laughs) where are you praying from (laughs) because it's not heaven (laughs) it's hurt it's the flesh it's natural wisdom and then what happens is, I, I, I had a guy, he's, man, how can I pray? Oh, my God. He's telling me all this stuff at home. And, and I'm saying, listen, man, and he's not hearing me. He just wants to pray about all this stuff and, and about God bringing her back to him. And I said something that could be offensive, you know, <laughs> but I didn't say it mean. I just said, listen, man, I said, that's not your priority of prayer. I said, honestly, I said, the focus should be on you right now, not her. I said, why don't you give God something to bring her back to That's what I said to him. I said, because if God can work Himself in you in such a way that when He looks at you, He sees Himself, He will attract her to Himself in you and draw her to who He is in you. I said, why do you think God would be compelled to draw her back to just you? Why Why would He even want to? That's the conversation I had on the phone with this guy. And he got it for a little cried for a little and got it for a little but then turned inward again got self-centered and, and then he would pray about her misconduct about her this and that and then he'd look and then he'd keep calling me why isn't my prayer working? probably because it's a miss your own lusts and desire that's what it says that your prayer's not answered when it's a miss your own lusts and desire when you just need somebody to change for your sake You've lost sight of the value of the person, selflessness. You've lost sight of love, honestly. When the prayer is just how God moving on them will benefit you and make your day better, don't even bother praying that stuff. You'll do injustice to your own heart. You'll actually teach yourself. it to be one of them, but you have heard it said. You'll, you'll camp in that arena instead of But I say to you. You want to make the transition into But I say to you. You get it? This This stuff... This stuff that we're talking about right now goes on every day in the church. Every day. Wrong motives in prayer, hurt motivated prayer. Hurt motivated prayer. You follow me? Don't let it be a heavy topic. Don't let don't let the air suck out of the room right now. It's it's it just really this isn't a heavy topic. It's it's just it's you need we need to talk like this just to s- Jesus came Loving enough to say, listen, you guys think this way, but this is the truth. You guys been taught to, to roll this way, but this is the way it is. That's why we teach and stuff. That's why we look to the life of Jesus. Because if we didn't have the life of Jesus to look at, we'd have not much to say. <laughs> Nothing to say. <laughs> right? Okay. So watch this. Why are we going to pray for those... Why are we going to bless and not curse? Why are we going to love our enemies? Why are we going to do good to those who hate us? So the world sees God in our lives. So so the world sees who God is. That's the bottom line. Because it's the heart of God to do these things. And we're His children. We're not just confessing Christians. We're His children. Okay? Okay? Sounds like it's not hinged on the other person. It doesn't sound like has anything to do with the other person these scriptures, does it? You get your eyes on what somebody else is doing, you're, you're going to get way deceived real quick. You're going to be a yell-butt person. Like Wiley was yesterday. Yell-butt me. <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny. I laid on my bed at 6 30 in the morning and laughed about Wiley. I, I saw his face and he says, Listen, I know not to yell butt and everything. And I said, if you yell butt, you are cut off. You are done. You are out of the kingdom. And there's no way back in. I was just playing this thing. And he says, Well, I said, no, go ahead. He said, Yell yeah, butt. And he went, Ta! And you just saw his face. He said, yell yeah, but oh well, and he just said it. <laughs> he just was I laid on my bed this morning at 6:30 and laughed about that actually out loud. <laughs> Yeah. I'd think in a while, you know, I was like, oh, bless his heart. Because <laughs> it was a sincere question. But he was like, now look, this isn't a yell butt, but yell butt. <laughs> it was hilarious. I got, I just got silly. <clears throat> and then I did laugh one more time. Thinking about something I did. I laughed one more time. <laughs> so there was two times I laughed at folks. Is it is it hot in here? Yeah, it is. Turn up the heat, Lord. Burn us with your holy fire. <laughs> what are you what are you checking something out, Regis? It is. I thought it was warm. Oh my goodness. It was like this last week. It was really hot in here that one day, or early this week, wasn't it? It was like an oven.
1: Seventy-seven.
0: That's good. Seventy-seven's first Yeah. It's that whole registration. It's all the whole registration kickback thing, isn't it? You thought if they want money back, you ain't running the air. Is that what it? <laughs> look what you started man the whole class is hot now <laughs> oh my goodness Well, oh, this is messed up we got to pray yeah do what you can do there we're just going to keep rolling here watch this he makes his sun rise on the evil this scripture touched me years ago when I read it I thought wow the goodness of God he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good See, because if I didn't understand in a quick thought, just in a quick thought, I would think, man, it would be pretty cool to just rain on the Christians and and let everybody else know, hey, you're not right. You need to change, or you need to see, because that's like that compelling, that's like that strong arm way we've lived our lives. Just cut somebody off, and maybe they'll change their mind. But see, they might change their mind, but will they ever change their heart? You see why God doesn't move the way that sometimes we think it ought to be. I teach it all the time. You hear me teach it all the time about Malchus and his ear getting cut off. Do you see why Jesus just put his ear back on and didn't even say anything to him? Yeah. That's the most powerful thing he could do. The most powerful thing he could do to the high priest servant when they're taking him to crucify him is fix him and not say a word. Just fix him. Now see, in that scenario, we Christians at large have a whole lot to say to Him. We have a lot of Scripture to... (laughs) Locate Him and put Him in place and straighten Him out and make Him change. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. Jesus puts His ear on, rebukes His own disciple for doing it because of his self-motivation actually it looks noble we went through all that earlier in the class but he fixes the guy's ear and doesn't say a word why? because when Malchus' heart changes or Malchus makes a, a repentance turn in his life it's for the purpose of who God is not what he can do for you Amen. come on don't forget that that's why we walk in love that's why we walk in love and don't strong arm people into the kingdom. That's why it's not a heaven hell issue. It's a love issue. You get it? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of ministries, a lot of preachers that would have a ball with Malchus' ear. They, they would have a big order call. Jesus just fixed the guy's ear and then they took him anyway. <laughs> see what faith does? See what faith looks like? That's what faith looks like. For the joy set before him, sowing a seed like that in a man's life that he might live forever, even if he takes the hit. Even if Jesus takes the hit, I have just paved the way for this man to live forever. Do you see the power of the gospel? <laughs> it will make me bawl. <laughs> I'm going to take the hit, and die and look like I'm losing so he can win forever. And even though it doesn't look like he's responding right now, I'm trusting this message will hit home and change his heart one day. Amen. Yeah, but they're not changing. Well, stop doing what you're doing with pretense. Do it because it's real sincere and you love them. Stop making it conditional as if they change. If they change, you'll keep doing it. Oh legalistic bah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought love never fails. It's why we're all sitting here with the Spirit of God in us. Don't forget that, okay? It's because love never fails. Man, if we were under that conditional thing we do to others. So he fixes the guy's ears to sowing the seed of love and faith that works through love, believing that his heart would respond in time. Oh, that's powerful. That will empower us to live by faith and get our eyes off the circumstances and the dispositions and the words and the actions because if you keep taking them to heart, it'll subvert faith, it'll get you trapped in rightness and you'll just respond like a mere man. You get it? And then love will be subverted. Yeah. Okay. He sends rain to the just and the unjust. It's amazing. For if you love those, oh my, if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do that. If you greet your brothers only or those who treat you the way it makes you feel good. If they're the ones you, that's like, you know how we call things clicks and stuff? the people you learn to grow comfortable with. And if that's the only group you're comfortable with and associating with because of what you're receiving from it. See, don't even the tax collectors gather in their little circles like that? Therefore, therefore, you shall be perfect, complete, perfect, As your Father in heaven is perfect. That word perfect stumbles us sometimes. I'm going to look at James 3. My Bible, my anointed Bible, has the word right there in it. Some of you probably have an iPhone and you're already there. So, (laughs) Complete, perfect. Thank you, God. It means, uh, refers to that which has, has reached an end. That is, which is finished, complete, perfected. It signifies consummate soundness and includes the idea of being made whole. More particularly, when applied to believers, it denotes maturity. Okay? It's not perfection. It's arriving to a goal. It's it's consummating a goal. It's crossing a finish line, so to speak. So the desire of God is to save you so that you're born again back into His nature, back into His kingdom, back into His love, His heart, and the manifestation of His nature, right? So if we live this way that Jesus is saying, it brings us to that place. That's, that's, the, that's the fruit that we're looking for in our lives. True? Correct. Now how important is this if Jesus came saying, look, you guys say it's another way, but this is the way it is. Come on, you got to take this to heart and not get weary. And I, I know I'm dragging this thing out. It's on purpose. Because it's just too easy to think the way we've always thought, to feel the way we've always felt and react the way we've always reacted. It's just too easy. We've been trained. Trained. To love ourselves, protect ourselves, think for ourselves, pick out faults, live in rightness, We've been trained in the way we've heard it said. Somebody years ago said, said they were hearing me preach and they, and they said they were talking about these talk shows that are on. I don't have a clue what was on talk shows, but they said, do you realize what's going on in the earth with all the talk shows that are on? It's the total opposite, extreme opposite of everything you're preaching. I flipped a couple on. I found a couple, tracked a couple talk shows out. And it would just make you cry. I don't know hopefully you don't just, and I, I know it'll sound legalistic, but I'm serious, hopefully you don't just sit and watch them because they will corrupt your soul so bad. Because they put tragic, traumatic, horrible, sin-filled, sin-driven, selfish-driven situations up there of hurt and pain and devastation and then they cry their stories and f- f- fume and vent at one another and then the audience gets caught in and captivated and their judges and rah, and, and their. Passionate here and sympathetic and hating this. And, uh, ah, and what do you think, audience? Uh, ah, and the people are, uh, ah, and it's like everybody's standing for their rights. And everybody, he said, she said. And, and you deserve death. <laughs> you know, and mad and angry and hurt. And you look. And even when the audience cheers for someone and they're like, yeah, you realize nobody's winning. They've already all lost. Oh, it broke my heart. I watched like, I flipped on like three different ones and every one was the same horrible thing. Man standing for his rights. Building that mindset in the world that if you cross me, you'll get your due. All about me. It's all about me. That's what the message was in every talk show. so you'll be complete as your father's complete I want to go to 1st John but on the way there since we have to pass Peter let's stop and check in with Peter okay (laughs) serious (laughs) we can't get to John without passing by Peter hey Pete (laughs) let's let's check in with Pete (laughs) because Peter has some good things to say I preach this all the time you've heard me preach this Probably if you've listened to any level of CDs or sat under my heart in any level of time, you've heard me preach this a lot, but don't let this be redundant either, okay? First Peter chapter 2. Man, we rode right by Philippians on the way. We could even stop there. We really could huh? Yeah, we better we better back up to Philippians too quick. First Peter will be there when we get there. It'll still be there. Isn't that the good news? It'll still be there. Yeah, let's check in with Paul and then we'll check in with Peter. And then we'll go say hi to John. really this is powerful stuff oh my goodness let's just read in the beginning of Philippians 2 therefore uh, yeah I know I just was looking at that thank you that's awesome no you're absolutely right let's look at verse 27 of Philippians 1 only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel so there's a purpose that you embrace the gospel and it changes your conduct So let your conduct be worthy of the gospel so that whether I come to see you or an absent, I hear of your affairs and that you stand fast in one spirit. Watch this. One mind. That we all understand why we're Christians is what I believe he's saying. Striving together for the faith of the gospel. That means to hold on to the purpose you're born again. And not be distracted in the world. Not be distracted in circumstances and trials. Not be distracted when people close to you go off the deep end and do crazy things. Not be distracted when stuff around you doesn't make sense. Isn't that what moves us? Those things? And then we get forced into praying for our ducks to line up so we can be okay again. Yeah. And now we're driven by life instead of a product of the finished work of Christ. Make sense? Okay. Because it's all here. He wouldn't write like this if it wasn't possible and true. One mind, one spirit. So, and you're going to see it again in Philippians 2. One mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way, not in any way, terrified by your adversary. Why? Because you're saved, and you're in covenant, and you don't love your own life, and you manifest love, and it's never about the enemy. It's always about the answer that's already come. (laughs) You win by the answer, (laughs) right? Just, Just remember this. This is a good little tidbit. You don't win by resisting the enemy. You win by submitting to God. That's just a good word right there. Man, that was a good word right there. I need a pen and paper. I I hope I remember that one. (laughs) You don't ever win by resisting the enemy. You win by submitting to God because submitting to God is resisting the enemy. It's real good. Everything's after your perspective, guys. Because the eye you look through is the life you live. Yeah, how you're doing depends on how you're looking, how you're seeing. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is single, if your eye is looking through the way, the truth, the life, your whole body is flooded with light. It doesn't say unless, of course, you're faced with many issues and challenges. If your eye is not looking through that single way, it says... There's darkness. And it says this, if the light in you is darkness, that means if what you were created for, that means you're created for the light. You're created for the light. But if the light in you is darkness, that's perversion, it says how great is the darkness. What it means is how twisted is your view. How far off track has your view become? You're not seeing clear anymore. Right? That happens simply if you just take one thing personal. That happens simply if you just fix on the wrongness of something long enough. It'll start making you feel right and there's feelings and rights attached to that. And all of a sudden you lose sight of the value of the people involved. All of a sudden all you, you can't even get out of your mind what they said and what they're doing and how if they're Christians can they do that? Da, 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 da Next thing you know, you're telling a friend and saying, "Look, I uh, man, I just need somebody to talk to. I'm just, uh, I'm just sharing this so we can pray." And now you're telling them you're hurt and you're in pain, and you're using names and you're and you're reliving it and going over it, and it becomes even more of a stronghold and more of an issue and more of a point in your life. You get it? How it works? and Then you find two or three more people to call and kind of lay it over and cover it over with the purpose of praying for them and you go through it again and again and now six people know the pain of your heart and the nitty gritty of it and are they even able to handle it in Christ and be mature or are they going you're kidding me they what? they said what? oh my God but they've been saved longer oh my God I I looked up oh my goodness and next thing you know they're telling two people for the purpose of prayer that's how it works I've seen that one way too much way too much one is too much I've seen it way too much it's going to make me lose it right there I've seen that one way too much guys the only reason it's possible is because we're not dead to ourselves. we're still taking account of suffer wrongs and we're throwing the natural knowledge around because that's what we're living by (laughs) you get it? you do not want to spread that kind of fire That's strange fire. Thank you. Thank you. Mitch is being bold up here. He said, well, it's gossip. It's, 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 It's a justified in its mind. A justified in its mind hurting heart when you enter into that. You're justifying in your mind the hurt in your heart. And there's no healing. So after you talk to the sixth person... The hurt is so more secured than it was before because you've just went through the pain six more times and you just got the ooh, ahs and oh mys from six more people and you found strength in your pain to stay there. You've just found confidence to stay there. And it's destroying you. Are you, are you following me? Happens way too much. Once is too much. You're right. It's gossip. Thanks. Could you give me an example, Could you gave give a real quick example of what you should not be the thing happening Can you give me an example of the opposite side that? Uh, the, the example of the first part, me repeat it. You, I just didn't hear you clear because of the fan. Could you give an example of, of how the opposite of what you just did when you're telling someone about your hurt in your heart and you go to six people? And you, oh, yeah. Like if I've been hurt, what should be mine? Responses. Okay, if you well, well, okay, and I'm not challenging you in this, I'm not correcting you, so hear me in grace, okay? She said, If I've been hurt, here's what I want to challenge you with if you even feel like you're beginning to be hurt, let that be a red flag sounding alarm whoop, 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 whoop. thinking of yourself, thinking of yourself, whoop, 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 whoop. Whoop. right? and and, and get a grip (laughs) before you say anything (laughs) because if if you even realize you're starting to feel this is so so here would be an example so somebody does something says something or you heard something that somebody said and all of a sudden you're just taken back that they think that about you wow (gasps) oh my god and you start to panic I'm believing through teaching like this. The reason I teach this way, you've got to understand where my faith is in teaching this way, that if you find yourself in that spot, Holy Spirit will come and do the rescue thing and at least give you the awareness that not a good place, not a good place, right? So that siren thing is not a joke. It's actually, I'm believing the conviction of Holy Spirit. What, what we have to do then is let our conduct be worthy of the gospel like we just read. And in that place... Oh, my goodness, Lord, I just started to drift as if that even had anything to do what they said with who I really am. But I so thank you. You've affirmed who I am. You've affirmed my value. I I want people to like me, God, but I don't need man's approval in that sense. And I don't take this personal. I don't get hurt, Father, I don't know why they're thinking that. I don't know why they even said that. But here's the deal. But I need to see if I can iron this out or talk to them privately or da 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 da. da. And, and, and in some cases, you have to be careful with that, that it doesn't come across justifying self defense, proving them wrong, protecting yourself. You have to be careful in some of those scenarios. Uh, that, one, that, one, that one doesn't fly real well in the church because a lot of times people, when they do that private thing, they vent their hurt. I can't believe you said that. Did you really say that? Why would you say that about me? Look, I want to make peace on this. I mean, I forgive you. <laughs> Look, I mean, I love you. <laughs> and, and it's a... Ugh. You see what I mean? And uh, sometimes you just need to let things die and drop and and just respond by grace through faith as if it never happened was said without being plastic. And, and be sincere. Do good. Pray for those. Do good to those. Bless and don't curse so yeah you
1: know if if we have our identity
0: right the hurt won't even get there that's the whole key the scripture that says guard your heart with all diligence for out of close issues of life so if you're in a right relationship with God it won't even touch you do you hear what she's saying? Uh -uh. if your identity is secure and you're in right relationship with God what people say can't even touch you it won't even hurt you that's why if you're starting to get hurt the warning signals ought to be (laughs) going because I'm taking on a false identity I'm letting something determine me outside of truth and I'm taking personal something and it's a sign of picking up resurrecting the dead picking up what was dead and letting it live again you see what I mean? Now the problem can be, we've been taught so much another way. We've heard it said, we've heard it said, we've heard it said. We start justifying. When things cross a certain line, we yell-butted enough, right? Serious. This is not a joke. We yell-butted enough, because that was a good yell but yesterday. That was just a valid question. But we yell-butted enough in the sense that we confront truth, And embrace a right to be less than the nature of God. Yeah, but yeah, but when's enough enough? Yeah, but they should know better by now. But you know, if they, yeah, but they need, yeah, but hmm. And all of a sudden, you're the one that's carrying out justice and vengeance, and instead of just peacemaking and walking in love. And 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 sometimes in the most serious situations, what happens is people assess it, become prosecuting attorneys in their mind, and then lay out a case that justifies them to be less than the heart of God. And then they pull people into that. How would you feel? Well, put yourself in my shoes. Well, you don't know how much I was hurt. I hear that as a pastor when I get with counsel. With people. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand how much that hurt me. I said, well, that is a concern to me. I want to know why you're so hurt. Why do you, what do you mean why I'm so hurt? Didn't you hear what I just told you they said to me? No, I did hear that. I'm wondering why you're so hurt. So why does that hurt you? Let's get to the nitty gritty of that. Let's just forget about what they said for a second. Forget about what they said? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, let's forget about what they said for a minute. I want to know why you're so hurt. So they're your barometer. So you're only as good as they speak of you. So your life hinges on them, on men. Now I understand. What about your relationship with God? What about Jesus? Well, I'm a Christian. What are you saying? I'm not saved? I mean, I've been in that stuff. Huh? I can
1: tell you how you're good at hanging
0: out. Well, I've heard every scenario possible. Yeah. I, 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 I have laid this thing out with people in closed doors with nobody around and have people yell but it as if it's not even there because they have their case so laid that if you don't agree with them, you're an enemy because they have a lot of support by now. You get what I'm saying? and sometimes with tears you're almost like would you just die already because you're really dying a slow death here this is would you just die <laughs> die because they're losing in all their efforts to win with evidence and prosecuting mindsets they're losing the whole time no matter how right they are they've already lost you get it? you don't see Jesus do that at all how right was Jesus when he was being crucified how right was Jesus when he was being persecuted how right was Jesus when he was on trial with Pilate and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin how right was he the whole time (laughs) <laughs> totally. There was a point where he wouldn't even answer their questions or speak into their twisted motives because he would have just fed their twisted motives because he already knew he was right. He just entrusted himself to him. And like a sheep without a word, silent to the slaughter, he went. <sighs> Come on, we've got to learn from that. Sometimes you speak and you have to give somebody two cents or peace of mind, all those phrases we grew up with. Right? and it's fueling a fire it's actually giving them firepower. as soon as it looks like to men you're defending yourself it gives them the right you put the mantle of judge over them when you start defending yourself then they assume the right to judge your defense do you get it? You have to be very careful that you're not seen defending and justifying. So back to Nancy's question quick, and I know we have other hands and I'll get to them. Back to Nancy's question. If if, if you find yourself allowing yourself to be hurt, and that's what's beautiful about being in a school like this, because I'm just crying out very emphatically, hurt is not the kingdom of God. So if you're finding yourself hurt, that is a major warning signal that you're looking through the flesh. You're you're looking through a situation of what Mark said in the beginning of the week, how something is affecting me, just keeping my mind fixed on how it affects me, how it pertains to me, 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 me. So then if that's the case, you can be hurt. But if you're alive to manifest Christ, and you're alive to lay down your life for others, because greater love hath no man than this, then it's not about that. How else could Jesus continue to do what he did? Do you understand? He went into cities and healed their sick. And behind the scenes, the people, not just the Pharisees, we always pick on the Pharisees. The people had a lot of derision among them. The people in great crowds were saying, this man's awesome. And other people were saying, are you kidding? He's a blasphemer. There was a great division among the people. You realize? When he preached John 6, many that followed walked away. And there was great bicker and debate. Isn't it amazing in the face of all that, when they brought all the sick, still every single one was healed. that's amazing you, you know what we would do without the truth without the knowledge of Jesus oh my goodness because Jesus knew everything they were saying he knew what was in the hearts of men did he still do good did he still love them did he still forgive them did he still die on the cross oh my goodness who had hands up a lot of hands We'll just start with Mitch and we'll work our way back Matthew
1: 18 is applicable here because it says, if your brother sins, go and show him.
0: And I think even like... Matthew 18, It doesn't even give us the 15. right to go to another person before we go to that person. And I think a lot of times, even in church
1: leadership, what we do is we say, hey, have you seen what, what so-and-so is doing here? How should we address this? And, and what we're really doing is we're saying we're gathering counsel for
0: wisdom but really not going to the person. It's a a whole lot of words and a whole lot of spiritual analogies and phrases to justify not going to them. What Mitch is saying, according to Matthew 18, 15, if I see a brother doing something, if there's a situation, I should go to him privately. Yeah. There's, 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 there's people that come. This would be a good thing to start doing. There's people that come to you and they'll say, like, they'll say, Becky... Uh, man I don't know I'm uncomfortable telling you this I hate to name drop and stuff but man I just feel like I need to get somebody to, to pray and, and I know I hope you don't think this is gossip but you know so and so you can't believe what they said and I was hoping you could pray with me and, and no wait a minute so and so do you know they said that did you talk to them did you hear them say that uh, well no no but Sandy was there and she said they said it. well I don't even know that to be true huh? Why don't we just call her and find out what she said? Let's call her right now. See, you guys could do that because you all have cell phones. I, I just need to use yours. But see, see, you guys don't have any reason to ever get caught in that gossip. I could have the excuse that look, I don't have a cell phone, I can't call her, so let's just talk about her. You guys can call. <laughs> <laughs> so so watch this so yeah but they said well have you even talked to them have you gone to them privately no then why are you coming to me how am I supposed to respond you're just putting that in my soul now you're just sowing that into my soul and if I didn't have a clear view on Christ if I wasn't growing in him now I have to deal with the seed you're dropping in my soul yeah. see because here's the thing so if Mitch and I are conferring concerning Daniel and I haven't even gone to Daniel but I've gone to Mitch now every time Mitch sees Daniel he has to deal with the seed that I sowed into him concerning Daniel without even knowing and handling and, and if he respects me and takes my word for it because I'm in leadership and all of a sudden he's taking me face value and, and to heart and he sees Daniel and he can't see Daniel past what I just told him most cases that's the way it is unless of course you'd be like this guy and he'd say Dan that's gossip did you even talk to Daniel why don't you get things straight and do a Matthew 18 (laughs) right (laughs) it's true we masked this stuff over with spiritual language to make it okay here when we haven't even gone to the person so there's a lot of ways well look I don't even know that to be true about them well yeah but everybody's saying it (laughs) you'll you'll hear that you mean you don't know this everybody knows this Oh, okay. Did anybody talk to Billy? Well, I mean, I don't know. I know. You know. Then why are we ostracizing and cutting him off in these little circles? No wonder it feels strange in the atmosphere when Billy's in the room because everybody's seeing him through the gossip, through the. And if what you're saying is true, why hasn't anybody cried for him and tried to rescue him and go love him? Yeah. Why are we just yak yak yakking about? Go somebody go rescue Billy the way you got to talk to people you have no idea what I'm talking to you right now the, 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 I'm in that conversation way too much see the motion that's in me right now is real I, could, I, I fight tears there's, there's tears in me right now you have no idea big time tears that conversation what we're going through right now I'm in way too much as a pastor it, it shouldn't even the door shouldn't even be open like I see it open and, and we're getting caught into the way of the world and the mind of the world and it's just like a, a Christian soap opera if we're not careful. And where's the love? Where's the genuine love? But we'll have our meetings and I'm not being harsh right now and I'm not on a tangent. We'll have our meetings. We'll sing and we'll, oh wow, that was awesome. But it's all in the living. It's all in the going. It's all in as you go. It's, it's why I'm passionate. Because this thing is real. It's not religious. It's real. We cannot afford to function that way as the body. We have hurt ourselves. Hurt it. We have shot ourselves in the foot. Don't think your foot's not important. Break it and see how well you walk. Cut off a little toe or a big toe and see how well you do. Everybody matters. Let's not shoot ourselves in the foot. Not mad at anybody. It's serious. And if anything, this kind of expression and passion ought to mark our hearts to never go there. And to send those whoop whoop whoops off in our spirit. And I might pray that that we have this like alarm system go off every time we like step just off the track a little. Yeah. <laughs> Eyes flashing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ron
1: can I bring up a real situation that, that I'm involved with in my
0: business yeah just exclude names and businesses and, and all that Just, just no, no
1: names but there's someone that uh, someone I work for has a music store and uh, the guy's re- refuses to pay me every time I call him he's lied he says oh the check must have got lost in the mail I've, I've talked to him nice you know, and, and I've talked to him about a half a dozen times and he just lies every time I call him and, uh, it's been about three or four months I haven't gotten paid he's done something almost, sort of similar to another guy in my uh, piano technicians guild and I wanted to bring up his name and what he did in front of the whole guild so that none of the other guys will get stuck in the same situation work with the guy and not get paid and Mary and I have been going back and forth about how to handle
0: this thing and you know, I prayed for the guy, but you know, he's been, that's what he's been. Can I encourage you in something? I, I certainly wouldn't just drop his name to everybody to protect them all. I would, I would go to him talk to him and and be real with him and share your concerns, what you just said here about the other people. And and look, man, it seems obvious right now you're doing this. And and I've still done work for you and I haven't fought with you and everything. And and I just want you to see you're making a name for yourself this way. It would be easy if this was one of the other guys. They'd already have your name out there. Nobody would even come to your place. Nobody would even... Man, I'm saying this for you. See, here's the thing. When we really aren't doing it because it's the Christian thing to do, But when it's become what our heart is and who our heart is you might not understand this but I believe that there's a grace on things then when we're not just doing it because it's Christian principle but it's the reality of our heart it just carries a whole different weight sometimes you have to just sometimes you have to just taxi through your soul and emotions and do the Christian thing just to get yourself in that tone but there is a place to so hurt for a man like that and see what he's doing and, and, and actually go to him sincerely and even say listen I... I want to continue to do work work for you how many times have I done this man I, I care for you but what you're doing isn't going to fly with most people and, and da 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 and, and it's not even out of order to hold him accountable in the sense of listen I'll gladly come and do it I just need you to write me the check first because you've already not written one for whatever so give me the check first I'll gladly come and do the work but the bottom line is Harry if you keep functioning this way you won't get anyone to come you'll make a name for yourself that's not good and your life's more than that why would would you live this way you know you can talk that passionate to people I just had a guy on the phone oh my goodness he's a he's a a a CEO he's a vice president and he cursed me and yelled at me like you have no idea he knew I was a pastor and everything didn't matter you know because usually some people at least tone it down just thinking you're a man of the cloth (laughs) <laughs> and there was a situation that he had me. He had me marked in his mind. He had me responsible and guilty in a certain thing. And when I called him about it, I said, "Hey, man! I said we really need to talk." He said, "You're blankety blank, right? We need to talk. You blankety blank, pop to pow, bam, pow, pop." I don't even know the guy. I met him two years ago for ten minutes. And he was the same way then. In the same belief. Just a presumptuous belief. And we had to go through all that mud. But I didn't budge. I didn't take it to heart. I didn't cower back. He was using authority and intimidation because that's how he runs his vice president thing. He intimidates everybody and just lashes and everybody's yes sir. Well, my identity is just a little bit more than that okay so I understand that this is just a hurting guy he's playing hearts and emotions he's, he's, he's strong arming I understand what's going on not threatened at all but at the same time not in the flesh standing up well you don't intimidate me well I know who I am I don't need you for my approval you have to be very careful you don't take this knowledge and just get weird <laughs> where it becomes your reality so so I said, listen, I said, man, we went through this two years ago and you, you treated me the same way and I wish you would just cut to the quick so we could talk because the last time we really accomplished some things and and now you're spinning back on the same thing and forgetting what we accomplished two years ago. And and you're blankety blank right and you're this and that. And I mean, he was flipping out. And... Uh, I just interrupted him a couple different times and, and just in a sense to tone him down and, and just ask him where this was even heading and how are we going to accomplish anything. It was amazing till it was all said and done. I, can't, I wish it was all recorded. Till it was all said and done, he turned completely around talking to me as if I was a friend. Bringing me into agreement on some things and giving me a release for some things. I'm staying real general as if we've known each other for years and making uh, everything okay but it was because I stood my ground and at one point realized where this was all coming from and I spoke into it I don't have a need to correct him I don't have a need to be right I'm not trying to get him to stop beating me up because I don't feel beat up I said you know what you don't even know me and twice I've met you and you treated me this way it's obvious that you're (gasps) and then the excuse came out well, you put yourself in my shoes and you have X amount of employees and you got to this and that and you tend to learn to be this way. Now, I'm pastoring him and he doesn't even realize it. I said, whoa, man, back up. Did you hear what you just said? I said, that's a flesh excuse. That's just justifying this. I said, the way you've talked to me the last two times, I said, no, man, I don't care where it is, it ever deserves to be talked to that way. Now, you know that I'm not saying that, sir, because I'm hurt and mad at you, because I haven't expressed one word in that tone to you. But I said, people can't bear up under this kind, and you've learned to be an intimidator. And you said, and he said, you're a blankety right I have. And I said, well, I'm encouraging you to reconsider, and bam, 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 bam. And he said, listen, I believe in God. I go to church. <laughs> And I was, well, you might not want to know what I said. Do <laughs> you want to know what I said? Yes. I said, well, that's a tragedy. If you go to church and confess that to people, the way you're acting. That's true. My question would be, why would you ever go to church and act this way and give people this is the impression of anything that has to do with God? and I just and, and he something shifted <clears throat> there was still enough pride to not break but I promise you something shifted but if I would have fought back it would have been so ugly <laughs> this man is so hurting to treat and talk to somebody like that that he doesn't even know honestly you guys know my heart I can talk plain with you what he was yelling at me for, 1,000% innocent I was. And he had me pegged and misconstrued and and even twisted things from two years ago and I brought him the whole way back to those conversations and repeated things and, and he knew that that was right and still in pride just you see what I mean so at some point you could draw a line and say boy this is just a knucklehead man I'm going to give him a little I'm just going to listen you need to you're calling me this you're the one that and all of a sudden it's just retaliation but it gave me a chance to speak into his life then at the end and then at the very end I said listen man can, I, can you just hold on for one second I said I just I want to I said listen I don't have a right to. a need to correct you and, 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 and try to teach you and tell you what to do with your life. But I said, This is my encouragement to you. And I just shared the value of his life and how he can see others and just coming across a different way because living by intimidation, et cetera, et cetera. And I just poured out my heart to him. And he got real soft and this time he didn't curse or nothing. he said, Yeah man, no, no, I'm hearing you man. I'm I'm hearing you and I'm sorry about da 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 But see, if if you're if you're not secure Nancy when he starts doing that and accosting you you'll get thrown into defense right away because you're hurt you're like a cat in a corner and you just start clawing out eyes you're just swinging you're just like because your back's against the wall and that's how you'll see yourself it's not like that at all First of all, we live out of the truth. We go out our heart. We know the truth. I know the situation is totally misconstrued and I know that he's reacting like he did two years ago and it's just the dysfunction of man. It's just a sad thing. So why get hurt by it? Why get manipulated by it? Why get conformed to it? Why get multiplied by it? <laughs> don't, let, don't let that stuff make you pregnant. <laughs> don't let it sow seed in your life because then the things you're giving birth to look like that. You get it? You've been patient, George, and had your hand up for like a long time.
1: Everything that you've said here, I've either done or received. And recently, I have to take it one step further after I got over my hurt and my situation that was brought to me. And, and prayed for the individual that brought it on. This was a period of time right. that this happened. Sure. And then God said, go and apologize to the person.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> apologize not for what was done to you, but my attitude yeah. toward him. And I said, God,
0: <clears throat>
1: if this is to be, you're going to have to bring it about." Right. And it did happen that way. Right. And I had to apologize not for what was said, by him, was right. done, but my attitude, right. because he wanted to steal my identity. Right. And. It was working on me.
0: Pretty good, sure. And the reason George, and I'm just going to comment on this if you don't mind, the reason George struggled and said, Lord, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to. Why? Because of the rightness, getting this thing all locked in. This man is obviously so wrong in George's mind that why would I apologize for acting this way? How else am I to act after what he did? So there's a common thought there that justifies everything we're feeling. And yet God, look what Father did to a son. He's like... George, what he's saying is, he's getting George's eyes off of that and saying, George, it's really not about that at all. It's about who I am in you and who you are in me. And it's about your responses in life and being seen as an innocent child and doing all things without grumbling and complaining and shining light and letting men see. So, you've stepped outside of the demonstration of who I am. So, what's your Christianity at this point? Go make it right and apologize for your response to him. Why? Because where George is concerned, it's always about George and Christ in George. It's not about what happened here who said what who did what it's his response. Do you hear me teach how in adversity it's always about your response in pressure it's always about how Christ looks in your life it's always about you manifesting him yeah. right so so George is in a process then where God's realigning remotivating and and showing him the purpose of his salvation so go ahead one more thing
1: the enemy would just love to get all these CDs and send it to. Him.
0: Yeah, do you hear what he just said that's hearing a sermon for someone else because you're hurt by them irritated by them frustrated so a lot of people sit in church and they hear sermons and they think boy I wish so and so was here see when you're thinking boy I wish so and so was here you need to deal with the issue towards so and so and I'm not saying you couldn't sincerely care and love them in the sense of where you think boy this would be so good where you'd not necessarily hurt but most of the time you'll find that people spouses are notorious for this they'll sit and think why isn't he paying attention right now he so needs to hear this Wouldn't you know the devil's distracting her right now and God is speaking to her. Shut up, 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 up." get off of her. Loose her, you blinding spirit. Come off of her. And now 20 minutes goes by and you haven't even heard the sermon because you're praying in tongues and trying to bind the devil off your wife so she hears what God's trying to say to her. I have heard people tell me they've done that they go man that was so God was trying to preach to her and, and she was distracted and she was fumbling with her papers and I was binding and rebuking praying that that binding spirit would come off of her so <laughs> yeah yeah or you know you get in the car with a friend what do you think of the sermon today good sermon today I just with you know my husband John was listening you know The one God was preaching to wasn't even paying attention, you know. And people live that way. (laughs) So, yeah, so you'd love to just get a CD and send it to them to straighten them out. You know? So, but did you hear the the humility and what George shared? That these things are real to us, but God's heart and and God's answer is so much different than we're thinking sometimes. And he's saying, George, you need to get a grip and see what I need you to do is right now apologize and make things right on your behalf and how you responded. It's not even about how wrong he was. Why are you responding like this when you're my son? So that you may be sons of your father. So George, I want you to redeem sonship in this and stand as a son and be humble because that's exactly what I would do if I responded the way you did I would go make it right and that's what he's doing the only reason George would stumble over that or hesitate or say Lord you're going to have to let me, is because of holding on to a rightness or, or, or assessing this in, in a prosecuting way and being so sure justified in your response because they're so wrong it makes you right And your goal is never to be right. It's to be righteous. Righteous. You get the difference? Let me just explain righteousness real quick. It would take a second in the sense of the words righteous. Righteous, when you're righteous, the righteousness of God means to be right with God. You're walking in a right standing with God. To be righteous in expression, manifest the fruit of righteousness, is any expression of the nature and character of God. So righteous and righteousness. Okay? It means to be right with God in the sense of God has has made us right. He, he He was made to be sin so we could become the righteousness of God. That's so we could be righteous in the sight of God and be right with God so that we can bear righteousness. The righteous fruit. What is that? The nature and character of God. God makes you right with Him, Angelo, so that you can look like Him, so that you can manifest Him. Do you see that? It's a whole lot more than us getting right with Him so we can be blessed more by Him. Righteous that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. There, there's, there's, there's two sides of righteousness. Righteous in the sense of being made right with God. No sense of guilt, condemnation, or shame. Two have become one. You have an ability through the blood of Jesus to stand in His presence and be right in His sight for the purpose of producing righteousness. Okay? You're, you're made righteous to produce righteousness. What's that mean? The word righteous and righteousness where it has to do with you doing something in in the verb sense or bearing fruit or a righteous act has to do with any expression of the nature and character of God. Any expression of the nature and character of God is a righteous work. It's It's working righteousness. Manifesting Him. So that's all God was telling George in this situation. He's saying, George, you got your eyes on the wrong thing. It's, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Manifest me. Manifest righteousness in this situation. No, no, no. It's not about what he said. It's about who I am in you, George. Manifest righteousness in this situation. Reveal me in this situation. Yeah, I know that, George. But reveal me. And George says, Okay. And then the flesh still gets touched. Boy, I wish he was listening to this tape. He could sure use it. Right? He's just being humble. He's being honest. That thought crosses your mind. You say, Father, I thank you. You love him. I bless him. And I don't curse him. And, and God, I don't even want him marked in my mind that way. God, because you paid an eternal price for him. You shed the blood of Jesus and forgive him. If. He's not seeing who he really is. And I thank you, Lord, for your mercy over his life. And I bless him. And I ask God that you truly touch him, that he would prosper spirit, soul, and body. See what I mean? Because then you'll start hooking up to people's value. Make sense? Okay. We'll take a break here real soon.
1: Mark. I think this is a really similar issue to to forgiveness. Because when... When we forgive a person, it kind of releases them. God to deal with them; otherwise, we're dealing with them ourselves. Yes, and it's, yes. I kind of got a revelation on this a few years ago about how Jesus was was didn't defend himself when he was before Pilate. And like when we defend ourselves, we're saying, "Okay, God, I'm I'm taking over here. I'm going to be my own defense." As opposed to. Trusting that He's our defender, so the fact that Jesus didn't say anything was an expression of His trust in the fact that God would defend Him, God would vindicate Him, God would exalt Him. Right. And so, you know, similar to forgiveness, where we take God's place when we defend ourselves, we're taking God's place in that that issue.
0: Yeah, and you can't do that then without becoming more self-conscious yourself preserving your self-centered it throws you back to that place of self yeah, that the scripture that we're going to look at in Peter is that very thing that that you're saying. Then the and the and the issue on forgiveness. I would love to see us grow in a place, and I believe this is the way Jesus lived. When you when you don't have to try to forgive when love becomes perfected in your life. It's not you're not trying to forgive everyone. It's not even about trying to forgive because you're walking in love. <laughs> love takes no account of a suffered wrong. So so there's it's not like I'd love to see us grow to a place where it's not like trying to handle all these issues and process through and get our heart in a place of forgiveness <laughs> we should just that should just be removed the ability and the, the the thought of being in unforgiveness should just where we're walking in love we're seeing, it doesn't mean we're not seeing things for certain weaknesses or seeing things, but it should have a different response in our heart when we're dead to ourselves and we're living for the nature of God. There should be an automatic different response in our heart. It should make us cry inside. There should be a prayer for mercy. There, there should be a covering and a blessing over them in prayer. There, there should be an, uh, an expression of e- uh, of good to overcome evil or a, a toned down word, a, a gentle word to, to overtake a harsh word you get what I'm saying? That should just be our... I really believe the gospel's intended to get us to a place where we're not having to deal with every issue and try to find a place of forgiveness. Where do we even reserve the right to even not forgive when we've been forgiven everything? The rest of Matthew 18, what Mitch brought up, talks about the man that was forgiven everything that he owed. And then a servant owed him Something and he held him accountable and threw him in prison that actually means he shut him up in his heart and marked him that way if you look at it in a spiritual tone and his servants and the servants around him were appalled by it and they told the master and the master called him on the carpet I'll get you in a second Tom I see you and and he said uh, man how is this that I forgave you of everything you owed me And your fellow servant, you you can't forgive. Shouldn't you? I've also forgiven him seeing that I forgave you everything. You know what he called him? He called him an evil and wicked servant. And he said, having bound hand and foot and cast into darkness, outer darkness and tormented by the tormentors. Man, that's like demonic oppression, soulical stuff. You throw yourself into a place of outer darkness. You throw yourself there and, and, and inner torment when you don't walk in forgiveness. It's a horrible place. It's a show, so the Father do to all those, which means there's no place of protection there. There's, there's, you, you put yourself in that place. He says to every person who does not forgive from the heart. His brother. That means your heart's transformed by the gospel. So the door to, to forgive and, and not forgive should just be forever closed. We're walking in love. We're walking in love. We're not try, having to try to forgive. Why? Because love doesn't take an account of a suffered wrong. But until we grow to that place where it's our walking, living revelation, there's times we're confronted with stuff and taken back and feelings. And like Nancy said, all of a sudden a situation happens and it, and it catches me, and, and I actually find myself going, oh my gosh, you're kidding me? They said that? Or they did that? Do you know what I mean? So, so it doesn't condemn us. We, just, we realize where it's trying to take us and we don't go there and we recover by staying in truth. And, you know, I've heard it said, but you say, and I'm with you. <sighs> and then you bless and you ask for wisdom and you do whatever God tells you. Right, George? And sometimes you need to go and apologize for this or that. You know, I heard that, that, that you had said this and I never even came to you. And I really need to apologize because I called Sally up and, and I got hurt. And I, and I talked, you talked to Sally? Yeah. And I, I, you know, told the whole scenario. I never even came to you. And I just need you to forgive me. I, I am so sorry that I jumped the gun like that. That I And all of a sudden they start crying. That would be a beautiful scenario. And they say, well, actually I did say those things. And right now I'm sitting here wondering why I even said those things. Well, look, whether you said them or not. See, now all of a sudden that you said them isn't even the issue. Whether you said them or not is not the issue. I saw weakness in my life. I took what I heard you said. And I ran to somebody else with it. That's like gossip. That's like I don't even know the heart of God and I need you to forgive me. No, don't you understand? I said, and then you get in a fight because you won't. For- <laughs> no, you forgive me. No, you forgive me. No, no, I'm kidding you. That's a joke. Do you see how when everybody's walking in that place, there is no conflict? Do you see how we can all live that way? Watch this. Wonder if we, all, everybody in this room right here, would just grow up into a place into Him in all things where we, our hearts become love and we're living from that place and it's my life laid down for you, your life laid down for me and we owe each other nothing but to love. Do you hear the harmony, the spiritual harmony in that? Yes. Do you hear the clo- door closed to hurt, to offense, to he said, she said? You get it? Tom, you had your hand up. I was
1: wondering... When you're walking in a place of love, doesn't that also give you an opportunity to have your eyes open, to see that the person is doing harm or doing wrong to you, it's not really that person, yes. it's the enemy
0: behind that person. Totally. That's the key to love, what you're saying, is awesome. It's a great point. In other words, it separates the person, the, f- the flesh of it all, the action, the where you actually realize it's what Jesus said, Tom, on the cross. What was Jesus' response in the greatest act of injustice that ever will be? Forgive them. He didn't have to think about it. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're blind. The truth has not overtaken their hearts. God, don't hold this against them. There's something yet for them to see. There's something they still need to see. And if they saw what that is... They wouldn't do this to me. And because he took that stand, Tom, convictions on the earth and and his prayers before the throne and Holy Spirit's coming, moving on men and a short time after you see 3,000 of them getting born again, cut to the heart, knowing they crucified the Son of God. We're cut to the heart. What should we do? Change your mind and wish you never did and you can be a part of the family and be filled with the same Spirit that raised him from the dead. (gasps) That's the love of Papa uh, why don't i man, i don't make it far, do I yeah. i'm going to leave a little i don't know we'll see. I might leave a little early we'll see how things go i don't need to it's not a must it's not a must i it's not, Pam. <laughs> I thought I heard your voice. I, Maybe I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) we had fun yesterday talking. I'm going to even have a hard time hunting because of them this weekend. (laughs) Getting an argument with somebody before I go out in the woods so I don't look like Jesus too much or something. (laughs) It's just a personal joke. Don't anybody cut the tape, Wiley. (laughs) Oh, it was just hilarious. I said you really think that? Yes, that's what we say all the time. Oh, here I thought I was a good hunter. <laughs> oh, right, let's take a break at 10:30. Let me read this. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or an absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, not in any way terrified by your adversary, which to them is proof of their destruction, to you of your salvation, and that is from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, watch this, not only to believe in Him, but to suffer for his sake. That means you're, you're left in the world. In a perverse crooked generation that's ruled by lust. You're here to shine the light and set an example. And turn the tables so men see truth. It's impossible to be in the world. And not suffer in that sense like Christ did. Because it was light in a dark place. It was truth in the face of lies. It was righteousness in the face of rightness. Do you get it? So if they hated him, they'll hate us, etc. That doesn't mean you go out and provoke persecution to feel like you're doing a good job. There's some people like that. They'll go preach to get people mad and say, See, yep, I must be right on. Look how they hate me. I, I know a whole group of people that do that. Look, it's, 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 it's been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake. That means for his cause. Do you get it? Yeah. Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now hear in me, if there's any consolation or encouragement in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection, mercy, fulfill my joy by being like minded, same love, one accord, one mind. Let nothing, how many things? Nothing. nothing let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Why? Because we died to ourselves. So, nothing can be done through selfish ambition because we've died to ourselves. We're not in this for us. It's not what God can do for me, it's how I can look like Him and be like Him. Do nothing. How many things? Nothing. Come on, it's here, it's clear. Through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That's a greater love place, okay? So right there, Nancy, wouldn't you agree? If that becomes your prayer and your communion with God, the ability and vulnerability to be hurt in a a moment would be wiped away. Wouldn't it? Because then my motive is something totally different and it doesn't see hurt. It's like Tom said, when I'm walking in love, it changes my perspective. Right? Oh, this is just so clear when you read this so let each of you look out not only for your own interest but the interest of others get out beyond yourself right now watch oh I love this I see a lot of Christians say, well, I have the mind of Christ. And they almost, they get, they almost sound haughty. Ah, I've got the mind of Christ. And, and I don't know where we got that in the church. You know, people say, ah, I've got the mind of Christ. Okay, look, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. He's defining what was in his mind. That's pretty important. It's his motivation. It's the way he thought. It's the wellspring he lived from. Watch. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Okay? Uh, Something to be held on to. Like to be esteemed for. To be equal with. He He didn't come expecting you to bow down and serve Him and honor Him as God. He laid that down and became a bondservant and took on the likeness of flesh. He didn't come sounding trumpets and a, per, 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 you know, preceded by angels, and he didn't come in the way that we would think a king would come. True. Why? Because he's, he's coming for more than you to just esteem him and honor him. He's coming to restore us back to who we're called to be and what we're called to be. So he came and lived that. He came in the likeness of flesh. He made himself, look, of no reputation. Whoa. He called himself the Son of Man. (coughs) Taking the form of a bondservant. I didn't come to be served. I came that I might serve. See, it's totally the opposite of what we see when we honor people. He went to wash Peter's feet and Peter was freaked out. There ain't no way you're washing my feet. Never. Never. He said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. He went, oh, not just my feet, but my head. Everything, man, just wash me. <laughs> Watch this. If you're too proud to let my finished work serve you with life and serve you with forgiveness and mercy and new identity and fresh hope, well, then you can never have a place in me because you can't work your way to me in your own strength. If you're not humble enough to receive what I've done for you, and you don't let me wash you with the water of my word and just be who I say you are, then you can't have any part in me. Do you see how powerful that is? Do you see how much that all means? He's not talking about washing feet in a bowl. You get it? He's not talking about an ordinance, a ceremony. If you don't let my life serve you to bring you life. If you don't let who I am and rightly see who I am let it wash over you and mold you and shape you and become your identity, well then you have no part in me. A bond servant coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death, the death of a cross. And therefore, oh man, because of these things, God has highly exalted him. First Peter 5 says, you also humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, he will what? Lift you up. Highly exalted, given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow those in heaven and earth and under the earth, that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Therefore, my beloved, because of this, you, see, he's connecting Him and you. Because this is true with Him, therefore, you follow His example. And don't just obey in my presence, but much more when I'm not around. Work out your own salvation with a fear and a reverence and all towards God. For it is God who works in you both to will and do for His good pleasure. So do how many things? All. All things without complaining, without disputing. That means grumbling and arguing. That you may become blameless, innocent, harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as a light in the world and hold forth the word of light. Remember, so that you may be sons of your Father. Why are we going to live this way? So that we can be seen as sons. You get it? What makes us sons? The finished work and the blood of Jesus. But what makes us be seen as sons when we express the nature of God? When we look like Papa, when his DNA is found flowing through us, you get it. Or we're confessing Christians that go to church <laughs> and have many issues. <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> we all ready to roll. Good deal. First Peter. Let's look at First Peter two real quick because of the topic we've been on. I want you to see how many places this kind of language is in your Bible. I mean see this is what happens to me you guys don't understand if you were in my position here like I'm trying to read Peter now and I'm getting bombarded with Romans 12 it's just there you have no idea what happens to me it's like but there's there's scripture everywhere that you don't have to go there but watch this I'm going to read Romans 12 starting in verse 17 repay no one how many people No no one evil for evil have regard for good things in the sight of all men how many men all men not just good men all men if it is possible as much as depends on you live peaceably with everyone beloved do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord therefore if your enemy is hungry feed him yes. oh oh if he is thirsty, give him a drink. You say, what do you mean? I'm supposed to fuel him up so he can hurt me, destroy me, give empower him power to... He can't hurt you. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Because <laughs> you're in Christ. You're sealed forever. You're in, the worst that can happen is nothing. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> See, we get so fixed on natural realities. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, and this, this, you can preach this out. I could take time and actually preach some more things of what this can even mean. But watch this. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Look at verse 21. There's a lot of do nots in all things and all men and don't be, right? Do not be overcome by evil but instead overcome evil with good. Not with rightness, with good. Okay? Is that intense or what? That's like... Look at verse 8 of chapter 13 of Romans. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there's any other commandment, and all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love, verse 10, does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Come on, that's so clear. So if your goal in Christianity isn't that... You'll become religious. You'll have a form of these things and deny their power. You get it? Mm-hmm. Come on, you want to be the real deal, right? Yes. Yes. You're not a Christian for you, right? right. You're a Christian for His image. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> right? right? God forbid you're just a Christian for you. That's going to be a rough place. Satan will abuse you there. Heckle you there. Right? Sure he will. <laughs> God's affirming that put it on speakerphone let's hear what he has to say 1 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Peter 2 and we'll close there sometime before December we'll get to the epistle of John verse 20 1 Peter 2 you've heard me teach this probably some of you have heard me teach this a lot I, I teach this a lot but I want to just end with it because everything's went that way this, this whole class. So this is stuff to keep your heart stewarded. You, you, you showed the scripture, you're the, you're the steward of your heart. Guard your heart. That I means you're the steward of your heart. Guard your heart. For out of your heart flows the issues of life. You want Jesus to own and possess your heart. Amen? Watch this, verse 20 of First Peter 2. This is intense. What credit is it when you're beaten for your faults you take it patiently but when you do good the hardest time in your and my life growing up is when we meant good and it was red for evil when we tried to do something nice and people defined it as something wrong we freaked out we were like a wreck because well no I didn't mean that I was trying to do good right do you know why we freak out so bad when, when that happens is because the real intent we're doing good is how it pays us off and how people will see us because we're fighting and struggling for identity. We're doing good for our sake so that people see us good. And when they see us wrong, we take it as a personal hit and freak out because it's costing us identity that we're so desperate for. To you get it? Wow. If your motive's love, you can't get hurt because it takes no count of us up wrong. So your good's still good. So if I do good to Morgan and she reads it as wrong, why would I freak out because she read my good as wrong unless I need Morgan to feed me a certain way? And now it's not working and I'm devastated and a wreck and I'm frustrated because she's not seeing me the way I need her to. But if I do good because of doing good and she misreads it, my good is still good before the Lord and the seed still carries the weight that it carries to produce after its own kind no matter how she responds to it immediately. Make sense? Does it? But if my good has something to do with her responding and my need in her response, well then I'm going to be di- dictated by her response. And then my good is in question. Where is it coming from? Is it for her sake or his name's sake, or is it for me? Do you understand this? This is why identity is so important. This is why knowing who you are is so important, because these things we've done our whole lives. We do good things. I I use the illustration to have fun with it. At Christmas time, it's the weirdest time sometimes of the year for people. Because they go out of their way to do good things, and when the people don't appreciate what they did, they're devastated. Why? Because they're scrambling for identity. And they're trying to get people to affirm them in their giving. They stand in the line for hours and spend money they don't have. And then the person they give the gift for doesn't like the color and they cry because I thought you liked that color. Well, why are you crying if they're honest and don't like the color? I thought you bought it to bless them. You ought to be glad to be an honest. Take it back and get the color they like. Why are you feeling sorry for yourself? Who'd you get the gift for? Them or you? Some of that stuff needs challenged and, and it's driven out. <laughs> driven out of the temple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> so if you suffer for your faults and take it patiently, what credit's there? But when you do good and you suffer, if you take it patiently, love is what? Patient. So, so if you're doing things in love, you will take it patiently. You will take it patiently. This is commendable before who? Before God. Now look at verse 21. Everybody wants to know their calling all the time. Prophesy my calling. Okay. (laughs) For to this you were called. To what? To suffer for doing good. (laughs) Is it in your Bible? Mark, is it in your Bible? Yeah, don't don't try to find an eraser, dude. It is not coming out of there. It's written eternally. (laughs) He's over there shaking his head thinking, man, why is that in there? That's not my calling. Yes, it is. I'm having fun with him. He's not doing that. (laughs) Look, for to this you were... Why? Because you're in the world, not of the world. I don't pray for the world. I pray for these who you've given me. And then Jesus goes and prays so that we're empowered to rightly represent Him in the world. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. He didn't pray for the world. He prayed for us. Why? He said, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. Man, He wants us to be formed in Christ. He wants us to be raised up in Him. He, he, look at this. We were called to this. Why? Because the world is being corrupted through lust. It's a self-driven world. It's every man for himself. We have escaped the corruption in the world through lust by receiving His divine nature. So He wants to leave us here. But it automatically calls us into suffering for doing good. Sometimes men will use your good, misuse your good, misread your good. But if it's good, it's good. And if it doesn't change, it's coming from the right motive because love never fails. And it's all with the intent of sowing seed into humanity that one day they might see. And one day they might understand. If you draw lines, if you cut short, you make yourself like them. Then you agree with their wisdom and then your testimony loses power in their sight. Because you're just like anybody else. There's no sanctification in it. If you just stand for rightness, then you're just like the man that doesn't go to church because anybody can stand for their rights. Who cares if you go to church? We're both living from the same well. You follow me? Look, you were called to suffer for doing good. That's your calling. Oh, that's so funny (laughs) because we all want these spiritual callings. This is a spiritual calling, baby. (laughs) You know? I weren't called to the apostleship. I weren't called to this. I was not called to that. No, you're called to suffer for doing good. Why? Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. You see how intense it is to follow Him? You see how important it is to follow Him, not just say you believe in Him? Not just to call in His name to get your prayers answered? You're following Him. Christ died or suffered for us, leaving us an example that we or you should follow his steps. Follow me. Now, you have a colon in your Bible after the word steps, right? You know why? Because he's listing his steps right now. There's a colon there because this is like a one, two, three. He's listing the steps. Watch who committed no sin. He's not talking about perfection. I know you've heard me preach this before. He's simply saying, don't ever let sin against you produce sin in you. That's deception. Did Jesus let what was happening against Him determine who He was? Or did already determining who He was determine how He responded to everything coming against Him? Do you get this? You know how we lamely loosely quickly justify our reactions because we get our eyes on all the trouble and the people and the phrases and the things they should not said and did and all of a sudden we run that court case that prosecuting mindset and all of a sudden it justifies less and we let what's happening against us begin to multiply in us there's a scripture in James that says mercy judgment is without mercy and where no mercy is given no mercy's received. What it means is you'll become the very thing you lock in on and judge. The very thing you find fault with, you'll be found expressing. Isn't that heavy? Because the only thing that keeps us from being that is mercy. And when you show mercy, you'll walk in mercy. But when you cut off mercy and don't show mercy, you walk in judgment and you'll become the very thing. You'll actually manifest the thing you found fault with. You'll function in the same heart. I've, I've seen it over and over. I've seen people come to me hurt and angry and frustrated and they have every reason and right and they look just like the person they're pointing at. And then you have to break that news to them with tears. Serious. Because it's, it's not a slam thing. It's a... You know what I mean? You say, man, I hear what you're saying, but do you, if you could see yourself right now and a reflection of what you're conveying, you look like everything you just told me about them. I have had to say things to people like that to rescue them. You you hear the intensity of what I'm saying here? I'm, I'm bleeding it out on purpose. It needs to stick. Committed no sin; he didn't let what happened against him produce anything in him except love. Love never fails. Watch this. Nor was deceit found in his mouth. <laughs> so he probably wasn't gossiping. <laughs> when he was, watch this, verse twenty-three. When he was reviled, what did he do? He sure didn't revile in return. When he when he suffered, what did he do? He did not threaten, but this is what Mark was talking about earlier. He's not becoming his own defense, he simply committed himself to him who judges righteously. You could define that many ways him who holds the truth, knows the truth to the justifier of men. He committed himself to him who judges righteously. So he knew the truth of all things before God and his heart did not condemn him and that was his strength. Knowing that one day all things would be revealed. You get it? I, had a, I share this testimony now and then. I had a police officers come into my house one time and they they said, are you so and so? Yeah. Were you out on such and such a road on this night? I said, well, yeah, I actually was. And I was out with my son. We took a spotlight and we were just spotting around for for deer. We do it every year, that time of year, around that weekend after all the hunting season, just to see what we see. And we end up having a good time, see other stuff. And yeah, I was absolutely, why? What's going on? Well, it was reported and we have five witnesses that have signed an affidavit to testify against you in court that you were driving down the road shooting a rifle out the window. And I'm like... (laughs) And what do you have to say to that? I said, don't have nothing to say to that. That's absurd. I said, man, I'm a Christian. Don't bring your religious faith into this. It has nothing to do with it. I said, no, sir, you are mistaken. It has everything to do with it. I'm not just a confessing Christian. I'm a man of integrity and character. I'm a man of God. So that's why I brought it into it, because it means something to me. I'm not a religious man. Found out that the, the officer's dad was a pastor. Later and he said well then you need to explain to me why five people would buy I said I can't possibly explain I don't have an answer for you I don't know why people do the things they do but I said sir I can tell you this I didn't do those things before I was saved I sure wouldn't do it afterward I have no defense or justification for you I'm looking in the eyes and telling you I don't know what you're talking about you're telling me there was no gun in the car I would never take a spotlight in a gun that's ridiculous and I stayed real calm I went downstairs. I asked to be excused when he shared the charges because I went down and I said, Lord, look, I don't know what's going on but I will not be a cat in the corner. This was kind of your thing, Nancy. I I just got alone. I don't know that I had to at that point but it was a safeguard to my soul. I got down in the basement alone with the Lord. I said, you know what, Lord, I won't be a cat in the corner and I will not defend myself. I don't know what's going on here but I said, I trust all things to you. Thank you. And I went back up and I was calm and I was talking to him and I had him look me in the eyes and shared and he pulled it looked like we were in a movie he pulled one of those detective stunts on me he was like well then you tell me and he got real aggressive and leaned over the table and got my face and he's trying to get me to break and, and he's like cornering me and I said sir I said I'm not going to bite on any of that or respond because there's nothing to bite to I don't know what's going on I can't help you and they were ready to leave and he said okay listen And then he brought up my Christianity. Listen, Dan, obviously you're a pastor in the area, you're a reputable man, you have a good name. I said, I believe I do. He said, "Uh, then we're going to be leaving and this is going to get real ugly (laughs) if it moves anywhere forward from where it is now. And for it to be as clean as it can be, it would be important for you before we leave to tell us anything we need to know. That's what he said. I said, I need both of you to look me dead square in the eyes right now, okay? And I I'm sure I came across just like this. Very relaxed. I was I was I was calm. I said, I need you both look me right in the eyes. The head fellow that was accosting me he couldn't look. He wouldn't look. He just kind of looked and looked away and was fumbling with his papers. And I said, "Okay, at least you will." And I looked right in the other guys' eyes, and I said, "I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I've never done such a thing. But I'm not here to just defend myself. I'm simply asking you, answering your questions. I can't explain. I can't. I don't know. But I'm telling you, I've done none of these things." And and I said, "Sir, I need you to look at me." And he finally looked at me, and I told him this. I said. You can charge me with this and put me in jail. You can't change the truth of who I am. One day, before all men, the truth will be revealed. I won't be a cat in the corner. I'm a man of God. It's just what I said to them. They got up and they walked out of the living room because here's what we do if we get charged with something like that then we're like oh my God my name and oh my God what am I doing in prison and we're mad at God God I thought you loved me we forget about Joseph we forget all kinds of things and we fail to be an example no matter where we're at and what we're going through we fail to shine integrity and all of a sudden Satan's exposed us and revealed it really is about us say oh Dan you're kidding me you're telling me that you'd be okay I'm not saying it's something I'd ask for but I promise you it's something I'd live through And I promise you, all along the way, people would know who Jesus is just because of the accusation. Or you let the devil really win and wreck you and everybody around you. And I guess God is small then and I guess your praise is kind of meaningless and I guess it is all about you, huh? Are you following what I'm saying? It's pretty intense language. Long story short, they went back and re-checked these people. And they were young people that were drinking and out on a night in a dare. And they reported us and just their stories didn't mix and they dropped the whole case. It was something weird going on. Probably demonically inspired, who knows? But you don't panic, defend yourself. You don't run afraid. You trust Him who judges righteously. And you don't let what you're going through dictate who you are you let what he went through dictate who you are. It was really cool cuz I had two friends in the house that love us and they listened to the whole thing in the living room and she's a real spiritual lady she's sitting there praying. They went out on the back port, on the front porch. My son came in the back door. And I said, "Oh my goodness, come here, boy." He's real little and uh I said I need you to talk to these officers Officers yeah it's okay You be at peace Everything's fine I said hey guys My son just walked in the back door I haven't said a word to him He doesn't even know why you're here Ask him anything you need to Hey hi And they they treated him so well They handled it They did like professionals You know they kept him so From being unglued And relaxed him Said you and your daddy go spotting deer sometimes Oh yeah Yeah he said, Were you guys out not too long ago? Yeah. And we saw a hundred and three deer and like three foxes and two raccoons. And he told him the whole story. He's just a little guy. They said, Well, let me ask you, when you and your daddy go, do you ever take a gun in the car? Do you ever take a rifle? No, we never take a rifle. And uh, I uh, I'm laughing, I'm standing there watching thinking, God, you're too cool. And uh he uh, said, "Okay, son." He rubbed his head. Thanks a lot. You can go in the house now. I looked at him and smiled. I said, "Well, there's your hit man. That's my passenger. He's he's your shooter." <laughs> and I said, "Have a good day, guys." And and I closed the door. I, I pushed the door, and we all circled and held hands, and we're all in there praying. And we're not upset. And we're not God. You need to save us we're like father we just thank you you're a just god and that you'll work all things Da da da. and all of a sudden the door's pushing and tapping and i opened it up and we're in a circle praying and they walk in and the guy ended up telling me later his dad was a pastor and i appreciate your heart your honesty and da 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 here's what they came in and said they said listen we believe you're innocent even before we talked to your son we were just out there saying i don't believe this man's guilty However, we still have charges and we have to follow it legally and pursue what the court said, da da da, da, da. So we don't know how this is all going to turn out because we can't ignore the affidavits and the, and the signatures and the witnesses and the charges. But we just want to let you know, we, we, we do believe you're innocent. I said, I am, sir. I told you before, whether you charge me guilty or not, I'm still innocent. Yeah. And life will go on in him. So God bless you. And they left. They never, I'm not saying this mean, they never had the courtesy to call me and tell me the case was dropped. I just bumped into them four or five months later. Just bumped into the same two officers somewhere out and about. I saw them and said, hey, that's those guys and I walked up and talked to him to ask him whatever happened and they said oh my gosh we're sorry didn't you ever find out I said no but here's the deal that could even cause you to be hurt and mad and angry and you come in my house and put that kind of thing on my conscience and then don't even have the courtesy to call me and have it resolved and I had to live with that for five I'm suing you for charges and loss I couldn't even sleep for five months with a shadow hanging over me come on that's real I'll have your shirts I'll have your jobs that's real thank God that I slept every night thank God that I actually forgot about the charges because of living in reality in God thank God it wasn't a cloud hanging over me but when you don't have that reality it really is a cloud and it does cause issues and you do have a beef then with the officers because you have suffered I thought he suffered. We probably ought to be found in him. Are you all all right? I'm preaching really good. I hope I'm going to kill so many deer, Pam, I feel it now. They're just going to come to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen. When he was when he suffered, he didn't what? He didn't threaten. He committed himself to him who judged what? If you'd go on and read it says and in his body bearing our sins in his body on a tree. So he went even the extra mile. After being accused wrongly then he even died in our place and took our sin, the sin we committed into his flesh that he never committed it with. And totally took the hit. So that we, having died to that mentality, identity, and way of life called sin, would be able to live righteous and be restored back to his nature by his stripes, were healed. Do you get it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Here's what I want to do. I actually talked to Don about this way before I ever thought of going hunting, so I don't have to justify that. I really don't. I wanted to do it for an hour. I just stayed late just hoping Pam would squirm because she feels like I'm staying for her. I told her I'm staying until 12. I might even stay till a quarter after and just make you squirm. I was teasing her at the break. She said, please, you go and have fun. I said, nope, I'm going late. (laughs) I was having fun. (laughs) Serious. I I was going to give you an hour to do this, but I think this is fitting. I was going to close out this class because it's the last day of this week. We talked about love all week, what it is, what it isn't. The life of Jesus gave how many countless illustrations and analogies of mindsets and life and God versus man stuff. Would I ask Pam or Deb if they would do? And, and I think Deb agreed. Didn't you? Agreed? I'm just going to have her come up. She's just going to tinker on the keyboard, not to lead you in any kind of worship. She's just going to get alone before the Lord, okay? But she's just going to tinker the keys and create that atmosphere. But what I'd like you to do is take some time whether it's till 12 or whether it's till a quarter of or whether it's till 20 of take some time and get before him in your own heart and just meditate and muse on Jesus his response in life how pure he was and how good he was and how well he meant every time and how people misread him and how he was so secure how love is so perfected how love never fails take some of these analogies and some of these things Nancy like your question and the times you've been hurt in your life and and you validated it versus where God's taking you now and just in this time affirming things like some of our questions you know Lord the truth is I don't ever have to be caught off guard again I don't have to try to forgive I'm becoming love and Lord right now I exchange right now anything that would be less than truth and I just thank you and Holy Spirit I ask you to quicken me in all these ways And you know what I mean there's a place to commune with Him right now. And I believe respond. It's, kind of, it's not an order call. It's a response to God. It's not saying, oh, we haven't been this. It's saying, wow, we agree to being called to this. I'm not afraid to suffer for your sake. I'm not afraid to be mistreated. It's not about me anymore. It's about me manifesting you. And I thank you for the grace. And, and just spend some time. Some of you might need to deal with issues. Some of you might have some things right now that are pending that God's wanting to shine a brighter light on. And you might want to take that to Him and just make sure you capture His heart and perspective in this time. You can come on up, Deb. And, and you can spread out. You can just stay where you're at. It doesn't matter. We're not going to go down the sanctuary. But I want you, before you leave school today or class today, I want you to make some kind of exchange, contact, yes and amen this way. you see what I'm saying? just commune with him you all know what I'm saying I just feel like it's a good response to the teaching because we can teach 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 but I, I believe we're going to do more and more as this school goes on of actually responding in him and having more times this way directing directly in line with what we're talking about does that make sense and yes while you're doing that I'm going to skip out of my truck and leave but that's not what we're doing just giving an out this is so this is so vital to our lives guys to communicate say Jesus you know what it's amazing you were totally innocent and men men created in your image treated you like you were a bad guy and you didn't let that make you a bad guy all the more you revealed how good you were in the face of their accusations you shine even brighter that's what I'm talking about See, that's the stuff I'll do in my bedroom. I'm doing in this trip driving. There'll be communion like that. Lord, you so impressed me. You're so my hero. I follow you. I honor you. I follow you. And in every unjust situation, every accusation, every time man touches me like they've touched you, I desire to look just like you. So Holy Spirit, I surrender and I ask you to come and lead me and guide me. But I don't want to carry around the flesh in awe and in rightness. I don't need a prosecuting case against people. I just want love. I'm not afraid of enabling and empowering sin. I'm heaping hot coals on people's heads without even realizing properly. My life's a testimony. In the light darkness means make me just like you. That's what I'm talking about in the next few minutes. Would you let your heart go there? Would you seek Him there? Would you pray? Would you? And Then pray for me that I'm successful. (laughs) I will be. Animals walking right up to me. (laughs) Bring us in there. Oh my goodness! I have a lot of requests for you my wife's so fun. she said to me this morning she said do you know how you can hunt the whole month of October she said you got all these friends and relationships in the states you travel she said just go from one state to the next and just hunt the whole month of October I said stop that no (laughs) father we just thank you and we love you Deb's not going to lead you she's going to enter into her own place I just ask if the blessing that's on her life with the keys and stuff would just flow and play because that's beautiful I do that in my bedroom all the time. I have little CDs that just do stuff like that on them right there. And I just kick them on early in the morning and I just let them play. Sometimes I just lay back on my bed and let them play and I'll just muse and meditate and commune and mutter. Won't even open my Bible for a while. Sometimes I open my Bible, It does it, it's, it's, it's relationship. It's not tradition and religion. But please, just out of your heart, make contact in light of what we've preached all week. And just let's all leave here looking more like Him and living from the place He lives. Amen? I bless these precious people, Father. And I thank You that Your grace abounds in their lives and that Your wisdom prevails in their lives. And I thank You in the midst of every or any precarious situation, Your wisdom and light shine forth. And God, I thank You that our eyes are fixed on You and who You are in us way more than they're fixed on what people are doing and saying. And I thank you, as Tom said earlier in this class, if we'll become love, it'll cause us to see people totally different. Thank you for the grace that makes us like you. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, love you guys. Just stay in that place as long as you want. If it takes you up to 12, fine. If you need to roll out sooner or want to, just make contact. When your heart is in a place where you want to get up and move forward, you just take your liberty, okay? I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys.